Okay, so it's time for us to give you the one, two, three of fencing. We have done every kind of fencing under the sun and have a few thoughts about all the different kinds, what you might wanna get started with versus what you might wanna end with. And overall, just hopefully giving you some really great tips to make your life a little easier, help you budget, help you plan and get the right thing the first time. Hey friends. Welcome to The Schoolhouse Life, where we answer your pressing questions and share useful tools for creating your most fulfilling, self-sufficient family homestead. We go back to basics in all things family, faith, and farming, and we're eager to teach you what we've learned, everything from growing a garden to earning an income to living a less toxic and more nature-based lifestyle. We're thrilled you're here and hope you leave inspired to live your life as a schoolhouse too. Hey friends, today we're diving into fencing. So the whole world of fencing is pretty intimidating, I feel like, especially when you've just got a homestead. And uh, Lacey and I have a lot of ideas for you. A lot of things we've done that were wrong or <laughs> a big mistake and uh, some things that have been successful. The farther along you go in fencing, hey, that's kind of like a fencing pun. The farther along you go, the more you learn. Yeah, I have to agree that I wish we could go back in time and have the knowledge. I mean, I feel like that's sort of where we are in our homestead journey by and large is like, if only we knew what right. we know now, <laughs> but we didn't, but we do know now. And so you can definitely take advantage of that and tap into the resources we share and the audits we do and that kind of thing. But yeah, somebody asked me about fencing lately and I was like, you know, I wrote a blog post a long time ago and then I found that blog post and it was just really not up to date. <laughs> yeah. So we thought, you know what, let's let's podcast about this. Let's share our story from start to finish and, and what the pros and cons are of all the different kinds. And we have probably invested well over $35,000 in fencing. So oh, I feel like... Probably more than that. Shh, let's not talk about it. But yeah, fencing is probably the most, you know, next to buildings and maybe livestock. But honestly, it's probably the biggest investment of your homestead and can be the most paying off of your home city, like have the biggest payoff, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Just because, you know, you could buy really nice livestock, but if your fencing is bad, then it's going to be a nightmare. You'll, you could lose your animals. They could get stuck in the fence. You yeah. could be like just dealing with nightmares all the time with the fencing. So yeah, if you don't have your fence right, then it just makes the homestead journey like a nightmare. I mean, yeah. So I think that's like really true on the holistic idea of a homestead. It's interesting in holistic planning, one of the things is like fencing. It's kind of like your infrastructure and is recommended to kind of wait on permanent structures for a while. Which, well, in permaculture, what they say, yeah. wait, wait a year. And yeah. when I think of fencing, I really think of edges. And in permaculture, edges are everything, right? And right. when we are defining edges, it's like defining the flow of your homestead at large. And so it just comes with a lot of weight and can be the hardest decision and also the most detrimental that people make in terms of putting up a bad perimeter fence in the yeah. wrong place that they can't move. And then, I mean, I would say yeah. gates, like oh, gates. our, our yeah. most recent fence, we actually paid someone to put in a woven wire fence and we went back and forth with gates for a long time. And I will say that I'm very happy with the flow of our gates, except maybe one gate that Lacey wanted and I ixnayed because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to pay the extra wait, money for wait, another what? gate. What? I, that's it. That's all you get to hear. You can listen to the episode again. <laughs> Yeah, no, gates, I mean, the more gates, the better, really, but they are the expensive part a lot of times in building a fence, and and anyway, so, you, I mean, every time you build a gate, you have to build a corner and brace it and all these things, but I think we should start at the beginning of our, our story when it comes okay. to fencing. Where do we begin? Because I think a lot of people start there and think, okay, I'm just going to budget scrap this together, 
And, you know, I don't want to invest a ton in that because I want to build a barn and I want to buy animals and I want to, you know, plow the fields. And, I, you know, there's all these things that we want to do when we're, especially if we're starting out with a raw piece of property. And our goals when we first moved out, we bought 10 acres that was just woods. It was nothing but woods. Right. In fact, a lot of it was like overgrown woods to the fact where you couldn't even walk through it. You know, I don't know when or what the people before us ever used it for. If they just had it as a nice set of woods first and then somebody moved in and didn't care about it. I'm not really sure, but it was a disaster for about an acre. And it was the acre that was fairly close to our our house, but not too close. So we're like, this is where the animals need to go. And of course, the first animals we got next to chickens and bees, which I think is where everybody immediately goes to when they want to start a homestead is... Goats. <laughs> everybody goes to goats. <laughs> and they seem like they are. They are a workhorse of the, you know of the work goat of the, the homestead, they really can do a lot of things, especially if you're clearing land. And for us, they did a magnificent I job. I think so. That. I think people like homesteaders romanticize goats too. Yeah. And you fall into like one or two camps later on in homesteading while having goats. Mm -hmm. You either love goats or you hate goats. And I Seems feel like, like I feel like there's in no in between. And there's not really a meh goats. Yeah. There's like a nope, never again. And a oh, I love. And it. we have like this lease land project, and Lacey keeps saying we need goats, and I'm like absolutely not. Like, they do I, a very specific thing, though. Yeah, I mean, like things that other animals won't do. And I think it's interesting to think about that in terms of like you know what you have to deal with in order to have the benefit of a specific animal. Like pigs are the same way. I don't want pigs all the time, but they really helped us out in our property, you know, for, for the yeah. few months we had them over the last year because they, they did thing the cow, a cow will not till they did the, the ground. They did the piggy thing <laughs> they that did pigs the piggy thing. are supposed to do. And then the goats do the goaty thing. And yeah. so they really can be a really beautiful way to clear land. And I think this is a very good, probably the lesson that we learned. We thought, okay, we have to put in a permanent fence and stick these goats in here and they'll, the goats will just stay in here and this will be the goat pen. Yeah. But that is not what transpired on our property well, at all. Well, kind of. We still like the, we did do that. So we Okay, got, how did we build the first we, fence? We went to Tractor Supply <laughs> and bought the crappy fence post. And like, listen, if this is what you've done, it's okay. We've done it too. But the reality is there's better materials out there for about the same price. Uh -huh. And you just don't know better. I didn't know better. But we went to Tractor Supply and bought the crappy fence post, and then we bought the crappy fence, like the red brand that, like, that's what you think. That little red strip across the top, that's what you're supposed to have, is a woven wire fence, and we put it up. It says up specifically for goats For on goats. It. it does say for goats <laughs> on it. It's 330 feet. I still mm -hmm. remember that, and it was like $330 wow. or something like that. And we tapped into all our friends that we knew that had brute strength, and they came over and dug post holes holes for a whole day yeah we used a two-man auger and then we had to come along that to we stretch rented. it and i mean yeah we spent a long time putting up that fence and then and um, a lot of money because even though it was like the it wasn't cheap i wouldn't say it was cheap because no, woven wire no is not the cheapest that, option there's no fence that's cheap right no fence is cheap but like it, i mean we invested that time and that money in that fence and, you know, it's still there, technically. Yeah, and I will say that, like, while we're on cheap fence, let's talk about that real quick. <laughs> so there's a neighbor a good ways down that we drove by the other day, and they're putting up a cheap fence. Mm. And it's like, it's not even red brand. I don't know what it is. It's almost like hardware cloth looking thing. And the reality is they're putting in a ton, ton of time and money for their cheap fence. The downside is... In like five years, that fence is going to be falling apart. The animals are going to be getting out. Mm -hmm. The posts are going to have rotted. The fence is going to have rusted out. Mm -hmm. And we are experiencing every single one of those yeah. scenarios on the fence. Right. Fortunately, we only did like an acre. 
if oh, that it's half like an a acre, quarter, quarter acre, acre. acre. It's yeah. a very small lot because it's all we could afford. I mean, yeah. honestly, that's all we could afford. But it was really one of the first things that we did when we were out here, and we should have paused. I mean, yeah. we should have gotten out here. We should have looked around. We could have seen that that area needed to be cleared and gotten goats and gotten a temporary fence. Right. And and that and that's what we ended up doing anyways. I mean, we would have that pen, and it was a nice place to stick them every once in a while. But we ended up going ahead and buying. Four or three or two or three. How many yeah. did we buy at first? Uh, we bought two. <laughs> two netted fences that are mobile that we can move, and they I will say are a pain in the butt. They are, especially if you're dragging them through the especially woods. Especially if you have a wooded property. Yeah, it's like a moment of you have to like like chain all yours in before <laughs> you start dragging this fence through the woods. You have to just assume that the fence isn't like specifically mad at you. It's not like it specifically has a vendetta against you. You're it's not the like woods hate the you. enemy. <laughs> no, the woods don't hate you. Nothing is actually working against you. That's just how it works. Like it just gets hung up on every potential place it oh can get gosh, stuck. Oh my gosh, it is so frustrating. I was moving <laughs> some today by myself and I was like, oh. It still does that. I had yeah. to stop and just yeah. be like, okay. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. So the permanent fence that we set up. It was too soon for it was too. Fence. It was too soon. We stuck the goats in. And the reality is, the goats were done in about two weeks. Yeah, there was nothing left. There for was them nothing to eat. left. We spent. Probably you think? Oh, a that's month. years of forage in there. Yeah. No, they're done in two weeks. We probably spent over a month putting it up. Mm -hmm. Two weeks, they were done, mm -hmm. and they couldn't come back to it. You know, for probably another year mm -hmm. because they literally ate everything that they could reach. Which is what we wanted them to do. I mean, they cleared it out. And they made it possible for us to like really thin, thin out the trees and and really, I mean, start to get grasses established and whatnot in there. But they're kind of like between them and pigs. If we really think about them as a part of the piece of the homestead puzzle, if you're trying to clear land, that is the progression. You know, start with the goats, see where you get, like get all that brush and undergrowth cleared out, and they will get as high as they can get there, you know, on their hind legs. So they get pretty yeah. high up. And then from there, move into the pigs and let them. But they're also escape artists. This kind of fence for goats and pigs was really not ideal. In fact, we got rid of all of our first round of pigs uh, because they just kept getting out of that dang fence. Yeah, they would push. The reality is that we could not, yeah, didn't know better, I guess is the way to say it, or didn't know enough to pull that fence as tight as we should have to keep pigs from pushing up under it. Mm -hmm. And even our fencing guy has told us, like, even the fence he put in, which is, like, professionally done, pigs can push that up also yeah they're just really strong little critters so the reality is what we should have done has gotten a temporary electric fence there's a bunch of different companies that make them they all have their pros and cons and that fence is like it's made out of poly wire and it's it looks like a woven wire fence except you can move it around you step in these posts or you can hammer in the post and it's electric so that will keep in pigs and goats if the electric charger that the energizer is strong enough which can be solar or you can be plugged into an electric source right which solar is great because you can move it all over your property really simply and easily without drop cords everywhere but if you plug into the the, the hardwired source then you get a lot more powerful and reliable a charge so it just depends on you know how much chasing animals you yeah want and again it goes back to like the if you get one of those like solar panels in a box with the energizer, you can't get really over a joule of strength. So joules is like how much punch there is in the energizer. And this is important because when you go to like a big box store or you look online, it's going to say like 15 miles or 6 million miles. 
but it really doesn't matter. It's how many joules there are. So you need to look, the general rule is one joule per mile of fencing. And that's every, you have to count every horizontal strand of the fence and add that all up. So if you have like a 300 foot run of fencing, that's, you times that by how many like strands? Like six or eight yeah. or whatever. Like we have a, we have a 40 acre property that's 6,000 feet of fencing. So we know that we need at least one jewel. We went with three jewels just so that, because we're not out there all the time, we make sure that the cows really get popped if they touch mm. it. Yeah, and that's another really key component with electric fences. So electric fences have benefit on two sides. One is they keep critters in generally better than fences that are not hot. And then the second reason that they're especially good is that they keep predators out. Now, a lot of these woven wire fences or hard hard fences, pests and, and critters and predators will figure out how to get into them. Foxes can get through almost anything raccoons can reach through anything and, and will climb. And then, I mean, the list goes on and on of all the different predators potentially trying to get into your livestock. So, so a lot of the reason that we use fencing is not so much about keeping the animals in as it is about keeping them safe from the predators around, chickens in particular. They are just like bait waiting for anything to kind of come and find them. And as long as we have electric on, they generally do not get attacked. Now, what happens with our chickens is we'll have chickens who for some reason decide that they're not going to stay in the fence anymore and they we always lose them in a matter of time so yeah and generally in the fall going into the winter then we have the chicken roundup and all those chickens that won't stay in the fence get sold or go to the, the pot or if we don't get it there in time then the fox does the chicken roundup and we don't have to so yeah well that's a different topic but that, that is, is it yeah. a good like making sure your fence is hot is important for two reasons, not just the one of keeping your animals in, but also keeping them safe. Yeah. And that goes back to the, like the next point that I like to make is that making sure that when you buy livestock, it's electric trained. Mm -hmm. If you're going to do an electric fence, um, you can always train them to electric, but it's much easier to let someone else train them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so if you like, we literally have had rams that we bought from another farm, put them in the electric fence, they hit the electric fence, run to the other side, hit it, run back and forth until mm -hmm. they like tangle themselves up and it's like this hot mess of giant ram oh we had pulsing. like less than a month <laughs> ago we had to wake up one morning and found our ram tangled in the fence i mean he had to have been tangled in it like 27 different ways it yeah. was a disaster and anyway i mean we had to work for 30 minutes to get him out of that cut the line i mean he was fine in the end even though he'd been getting shocked over and over but right. yeah. he's tr pretty i would consider him pretty well trained yeah. and you know they just do stupid stuff sheep in particular but i will say we've had we had one <laughs> he was probably our most pet like sheep nick nick yeah and he was he was a great sheep we wanted him to be our ram and you know but he kept jumping the dang fence and if you're trying to rotationally graze your animals there's nothing more frustrating than spending all the time it takes to move them and then coming up and finding them all out and every time he would get out everyone would find chase him and, yeah. and follow him and so he was, i gave he him was a, dinner. i gave him an ultimatum he either <laughs> stayed in there he died and he died uh, but, yeah. yeah, it was all. For, it wasn't all for nothing. He fathered one whole year of the herd, I think, and then uh, or the flock, and then we we had a freezer full of meat, which and a really nice lambskin. So, yeah. so yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't. Yeah, it, it wasn't, wasn't a loss. It wasn't all. It was a loss for him himself, but a lot of wins for us. But I think the lesson is just that you know, it's not just a matchup of the perfect fence. It's a matchup of animal and fence. Yeah. And sometimes the problem is really just the animal. So if you're dealing with fence problems. It might be, it's just time to really eliminate. And, and we had this happen before too, when we did have goats, we had these babies born 
Frank and Eli. They were named after twin friends of mine from high school because they were twins and they were born on their birthday even. Anyway, these, these babies were born and we had them for several months. And then finally Frank, he just decided to every single day, multiple times a day, get his head stuck in the fence. And this was in that hardwired fence that we originally installed. Yeah. Every day, several times a day, one of us would have to go out and get him out from that dang fence. And it was like, it just was a ridiculous hassle. I mean... You get you'd walk all the way down, get his head out, yeah, get back to the house, and you look down and he'd be like, <laughs> And the problem is like predators will come along, especially coyotes, and they will eat them. And it draws like, attention to everybody fence. else. Yeah. yeah. So we were like, look, this is just not what we want to spend our lives doing. So we listed him on Craigslist at the time, I think, and yeah. ended up selling it to a neighbor. But we would hear him every once in a while across the pond. Uh, at the neighbor's, yeah. neighbor's house but he's not over there anymore well the neighbor even is yeah there anymore. that's true but anyway so yeah like just really being aware okay this animal in this situation is just not it's just not gonna work and that and i mean count your losses right but move on because you don't want to just try to like bang your head against the yeah. fence wall all, right. all the time anyway. so i think like going back to it if you want a fence like if you only have the budget for one fence I would say spend a good amount of your budget on the Energizer and then spend the rest of it on potentially poultry, temporary poultry fence. Because then you can fence in your chickens, you can fence in pigs, and you can fence in, um, I'd say, sheep, goats, and cows. I think even rabbits. Yeah. yeah. I think that pretty much everything will stay in that. Yeah. Cows are the easiest to fence. I'll say ducks far. will not be fenced either. Because they just, like, get their noses underneath, their bills underneath, and yeah. just slide right under. You'd so have to, like, anchor it to the ground yeah, or something. Yeah, you would. And, that, I mean, that can fix a myriad of problems, too, because if you have goats going under, you could anchor it down to more and that kind of thing. But the benefit of that, too, is that you have this opportunity to really see where would you even want a permanent fence. Because just because your first inclination is, oh, well, that patch over there is going to be perfect. Well, in the end, that might be the best orchard, you know, or that might be the best, I don't know, place to... I don't know. What else do people do? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking you might want to set it. You know, it turns out that you want to have a little bit set back in the woods or you don't want to mm, set in the woods. Right. Or you want to like make a laneway for deer to walk along the side of your property or, you know, there's all kinds of things that once you put that permanent fence, it's not easy to move. But when you have the temporary, mm -hmm. you can keep kind of moving it around. Mm -hmm. uh, until you figure out exactly what you want. Mm -hmm. And I will say like our property is still not 100% perimeter fenced. We have, well, I'd say we're at like 90, 97%. Yeah. yeah. We're really close now, but it's just this year that we finished like a large chunk of it. Well, it brings us back to other types of fence. Cause we've talked about hardwire. We've talked about polywire movable fences. There's other polywire fences too. So we talked about, we have a perimeter on the fence or the, the property that we're leasing. Um, oh, let's talk about that Fortunately, kind of there was a barbed wire fence all the way around the perimeter there. The I don't know. What are the so pros I got, and cons of Yeah, so wire? I got, we, Lacey and I both got our final punch in fencing, um, <laughs> which was the barbed wire fence. Um, that was one we were both lacking. I think we had uh -huh. all the other punches. <laughs> and barbed wire is a beast. I, what I what I like about barbed wire, we did we worked on I mentioned six strands, six thousand feet of six strand barbed wire, all pretty much half the winter. What I liked about it was that 
it doesn't require electric. So you can kind of anchor it to trees or wooden posts. I'm not sure how it keeps, you know, other critters out is the only yeah. thing. So we've talked about I putting say, sheep out there. Yeah. But I we are concerned that other predators would just have free reign. I feel like it's probably more specific to just cows. I think like, so. It seems. You don't... Maybe it, horses. In but. our region, yeah. In our region, we don't have to worry about predators larger than a coyote. Mm -hmm. So there's very few predators that are going to take down a cow or even a calf. So barbed wire, I think, for that situation, if you already have it and you just need to add to it, I think it, it works well. So far, I, I've liked it. Mm -hmm. It's easy to repair, and, you know, you can always find those materials. You can tack it to a tree. You know, you don't have to have a fence post. It's, it is. It's I feel like it's pretty straightforward. You feel like it doesn't have to be pulled super tight, like yeah, a, like a woven wire. But they make like that tensioner tool to pull it tight. Yeah. That's like just specifically for that, mm -hmm. for like splicing in pieces. You kind of feel like you're working out on the open range when you're working mm -hmm. on it. Like this is what cowboys a hundred years ago worked mm -hmm. on. I, I I know a lot of people have issues with the cruelty. Of yeah, it, I think that if you know again, a cow is not going to really test that fence. So there, I don't see a lot of cruelty unless you're keeping an animal in such containment that it's constantly testing that fence. I don't see how it's it's any kind of cruel. I mean, maybe for a dog, I if a dog was on the property, it yeah. might be. But you know, from what I can see, the animals just don't interact with that fence much because they're you know it's they don't want to get they broke. know yeah they know they don't want to. I mean, I will say like finding it on our homestead property it's all oh, in our yeah. woods and we actually our one That's dog ran yeah. through it and cut her face like in half basically and on our, it's not on our property like installed it's on our right. property like it was installed 100 years ago and now it's just balls and messes of it everywhere we keep pulling out and taking to the dump because it's just it, i mean it's it is very scary it's not like something yeah. you love. so if yeah. you have barbed wire clean it up properly please for yes. everybody's sake for everybody's please sake. <laughs> all right so that that knocks out all right barbed wire yeah. and then poly wire just a single wire single strands single with strand. the cows yeah. are on which that by far is my favorite <laughs> fencing move movable yeah. fence so that's like a, a fiberglass post with an insulator that screws onto it you it's can, very inexpensive you can adjust it up and down yeah it's you get 3,000 feet for like between $100 and $200. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you get these reels. They kind of get you because by the time you start buying a reel, the poly wire, the fence post, it does start to add up yeah, a yeah, little. Yeah, it but, yeah. but it is totally movable. And I mean, the only issue really is that cows so far, the only animals we've gotten to be trained on them, pigs a little bit. I would say pigs mainly stayed in that. When you do three strands. And then when yeah. the animals train. Yeah. Sheep, we've... Red and her people do one strand poly for sheep, yeah. but I, we have yet to believe that, <laughs> or goats for that matter. We somebody said it one time, and we all think the whole audience laughed out loud. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe if they have enough range and they're not hungry or bored or mm, anything else, or interested, or yeah, <laughs> stupid, or it's a lot of things. <laughs> so poly wire, I would say, just a single strand poly wire. The advantage is you can draw out. Literally, it's almost like drawing with a pencil exactly the paddock size you want uh so if you're gonna do cows like we will bring the cows into our garden and draw lines around the plants that we don't want and them to eat and the plants that we do want them to like they can go in and out of our grape arbor i didn't want them eating our blackberries so i like drew a second line around that which i will say i mean we have this is our first year with cows on our property and they are by far my favorite grazers because they oh, yeah. just do it even Compared to the sheep, even I mean, they just eat evenly, and then they also eat up as high as they can reach, so they 
He yeah. trimmed up the grapes and, yeah. you know, I mean, they just did a really good job in the garden. Of course, we've got cow patties everywhere, but if you just mind your step, that's actually a really good thing too. Yeah. And in the garden, the cow patties like cycle very quickly. So like yeah. in a week or two, they're just Pretty about gone. gone. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Polywire. And then what are the benefits and the pluses? Like when did we decide it was okay to invest, you know, $15,000 in an acre for five or a, a fence for five acres? When I would say... The main reason is it was a perimeter fence. So it was the entire exterior of that property. And we knew mm. that the whole thing was going to be used for animal, for animals. Mm -hmm. And the, well, the simplification of having the perimeter fence is that now we can run those, those movable fences, uh, the netting up from just a line across from one part of that fence to another. And then it just makes life a ton easier because we don't have to go in a circle and we you know, don't have to as much go through the woods and that kind of thing. So. Yeah. And I would say the other thing is the property that we spent all the money on the woven wire perimeter fence is right next to the road. So I just always had this nightmare of coming mm -hmm. up and like the sheep being out in the road or causing an accident or something. The electric netting is like 99% effective, but there is that time where like somebody gets out and then you have a mess. And if they get out and they're inside the perimeter fence, then at least you can capture them again if there's no perimeter fence they could be going down the road mm. <laughs> that, I, actually we skipped a whole a whole kind of fence which is a semi-permanent fence the high tensile, the high tensile. Yeah. yeah which i really feel like we need to talk about a lot more because it's been so good for us and honestly probably would have been sufficient up here on this property too but again having the just the the security of them not ever being able to, even without electric, not being able to get through right. is really nice, especially if we're like thinking about going out of town or something like that. We can kind of keep all the animals in a place where they're not going to escape our... Yeah, because as soon as you go out of town, that's when all hell breaks loose. Absolutely. <laughs> Everybody goes everywhere. Yeah, and the high tensiles mostly keeps them in, but if the electric goes out or they just get, you know, kind of curious, then a lot of times they will they will right. find their way out. But anyway... Yeah, so high tensile is 12 and a half gauge steel. I believe it's steel. No, so I can guess Some it. kind of aluminum yeah. something. But it's just like a single strand. So if you look at a woven wire fence and just think of just the horizontals, mm -hmm. um, the advantage to it is you can buy like, and this is just this year, I bought 6,000 feet for $100, no, 4,000 feet for $100. So you can do a whole lot with it. And you just electrify it. So you do, it does require insulators. The big advantage to it is like if a tree falls on it, all the wire, the wire has a little bit of stretch in it. The wires will stretch and kind of like hold the tree. And then once you cut the tree, the wires pop, pop back up. up. Yeah. And if they don't, there's like tensioners on the end that you can tighten the um, wire tighter again. So it's, mm -hmm. I think for the money, it's probably one of the best, like Lacey said, semi-permanent to permanent fences that you can set Especially up. Especially if you're going through the woods. Yeah. Because, I mean, that was one of the questions I had for the guy with the fencing that we spent so much money on, this uh, woven wire. If I mean, there's still trees back there. If they fall on this fence, what are, you know, how do we repair that? Yeah. Um, and, you know, he assured us he could come back out and fix it. But, yeah, I mean, that happens, right? Like that. Yeah. This one is pulled so tight that, you know, because he professionally tightened this one that, you know, the tree would have to be super massive for it to really do any much damage. But on the ones we'd install ourselves, we've already, I mean, you could see where trees have fallen. Yeah, and it's ugly. It's kind of back up and, you know, it's yeah. just really raggedy looking. And I mean, we've only been here 10 years. So you think like something that you're, you know, you put that much time and energy and you think is going to be this fundamental 
sort of structural element to your farm. And you don't want that to be ragamuffin. And I will say too, I mean, gates are another example of that. You know, Drew built these really fun, cute slab. They were made from slabs, um, gates, yeah. and they were cute and great. And they just have deteriorated over time. Anything that we put on the fences that were made of wood have deteriorated. Yeah, so. I don't think we have any of the wooden, the wooden gates that are left are like, just holding on with a hope Shambles, and a dream. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, now, I mean, and granted, it held us over, so yeah. I can't complain. But it's time to, you know, upgrade. So that's just one less, you know, basically thorn in, thorn in the side. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, ultimately animals, if they're, once they learn the paddock, they're going to be pushing on gates. And, and the other thing is, too, we have kids working here, right? And we want to yeah. make it less frustrating instead of more frustrating yeah. <laughs> unfortunately for our children it's going to be ironed out just about the time they all move out right. like everything is going to be yeah. real simple and easy but um but you know like learn as you go and yeah keep making and it I, I will say with the high tensile like we had two acres fenced on the far side of the pond and then we decided this year we wanted to fence the rest in and i pulled the t-post out oh yeah exactly and pulled the wire and used that wire so i mean it saved us you know a few hundred dollars just being able to pull those parts out and put it back. So I think high tensile is a great spot if you're not 100% sure. Yeah, I agree. And then if you're even less sure, go to the temporary netting. Mm -hmm. If you know that you want and you have the budget to fence in your entire perimeter with woven wire, go ahead and do that. But that's a huge, huge investment. So, And I would definitely recommend that if you're, you know, just getting to your property you're new to your property i wouldn't i would encourage you to really not do that for at least a year yeah i would run animals before you ever add that kind of fencing for sure yeah and definitely i feel like it's worth the money to have someone professionally do it and i know that a lot of you are diyers out there <laughs> and you're like oh i can do it and the reality is we probably can all do it pretty well but when the guys come in with the right tools and they're like driving those posts in with pneumatic drivers yeah. and, you know, stapling with a pneumatic staple, it the difference in the fencing is just like, come by the schoolhouse and see the fence. I mean, <laughs> everybody who sees it is like, wow. wow. <laughs> and I mean, we paid a lot for that fence, but it will probably outlive us. So it's. And um, it's not what you have to have, but yeah. you know, honestly, if you don't need like that, like we said, we've been getting by with any number of different things. The semi-permanent option, I think, is probably my next favorite option in terms of a, a far-out perimeter fence. Again, you can attach, if you're moving rotationally, then you can still use that outer perimeter as a, a stepping stone so you can then just use your um, your netting across and yeah, make it well, a lot easier. What we call on our homestead the power line. The power so line. So we'll run, <laughs> the charger stays in the barn where it's safe from weather and it's just a central location and then we just run like poly wire or high tensile wire from there to where we're going to have the animals. And if your if your perimeter is a high tensile fence, then you can just clip into that and you're set. Well, I mean, this recording has gone, I feel like we could keep talking yeah, about fences, I but I mean, with 30 minutes worth of fencing feels like enough. That's a lot of fencing. <laughs> so listen, if you on your homestead are like, what kind of fencing should I put up? Or how should I put up fencing? Or, you know, any kind of fencing question or other homesteading question. We would love to help you out. We do a homestead audit where we spend time with you either online virtually or if you're local in person and map out what your homestead would look like, how to improve your homestead, or just uh, some basic tips on homesteading. So 
If that's something you're interested in, go to theschoolhouselife.com and click on that Homestead audit button and we will schedule a time with you. Thanks for listening.